This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening and welcome to a journalism fish on a dish, a pan-seared news fish with an opinion jew drizzled liberally on top, served up with crispy hogwash and some nonsense, and uh, more than a side of quality baloney. Recorded live from the United Kingdom Sunday, August the 6th, 2017, going out into the ears across Canada on News Talk 1010 and vinniewhite.co.uk and iHeart... Uh, I was going so well. And iHeartRadio uh, and various other places. This is The Vinnie White Show. My name is Vinnie White. That's why it's very cleverly called The Vinnie White Show. I was up all night on that one, I can tell you. Hope you're doing well. Um, Lots coming up. We'll speak to people on the phone. Not sure which ones, but definitely some people. Uh, obviously, we'll cover the weekly goings-on uh, from the more expected stuff, like our old buddy Trump, to the slightly less expected stuff, like talking about a robot spider. You know, you're never sure where it's going to go. We will start with Trump, though, as we often do, and uh, one day, alas, we will finish with, but uh, not for a while yet. The White House, soon to be uh, formerly known as the White rich people in a house of chaos has had a more than interesting week. It always does. It always does. But particularly of late. Uh, yes, the communications director and Tony Soprano wannabe Anthony Scaramucci was fired after just 10 days on the job this week. Nice work there. Didn't even get time to put a bet on how long it last. Let's recap in 42 seconds exactly what the hell happened. His first day on the job was Sean Spicer's last. The press secretary quit when his protests against the Scaramucci hiring were ignored by the president. I want to thank personally Sean Spicer. Then followed a bizarre series of complaints from Scaramucci about leaks of White House gossip, in which Scaramucci proved to be the leakiest White House gossiper of all. He phoned in to CNN to rant about his feud with Priebus, the chief of staff. Journalists know who the leakers are. So if Reince wants to explain that he's not a leaker, let him do that. He was at his leakiest in an interview with the New Yorker magazine that was so foul in its language, so graphic in its perverse sexual imagery that reporters couldn't quote much of it on air. No, they really couldn't quote much of it on air because it was rude in the rudest way nearly possible. I could the, I've got a pretty sick mind, so I think I could make it ruder than the, the mooch did. But, you know, as a phone call goes... It was pretty rude. So it left, as he said, reporters in a bit of a difficult position because you have to report on this stuff, but you can't really say it. And that leaves me in exactly the same position as well. I'd love to tell you exactly what happened on that phone call, but I can only do it with the benefit of rhyme, something else no one thought of. So uh, let's do that now. What did the mooch say? He said this. I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to duck my own rock. Reese Priebus, former White House Chief of Staff, is a rocking, paranoid schizophrenic, a paranoiac. Oh, Bill Shine is coming in. Let me leak the ducking thing and see if I can walk block these people the way I rock flocked before. Walk block. You know what I mean. They're trying to resist me. 
but it's not going to work. I've done nothing wrong with my financial disclosures, so they're going to have to go buck themselves. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'll eliminate everyone in the comms team and I'll start over. Ask these guys not to leak anything and they just can't help themselves. So yeah, amongst the interesting swearing, what he's saying is I'm going to fire everyone that leaks. That's what's happening. An Italian-American hedge fund manager slash gangster with a mouth like a trucker was leaking that he is going to get rid of leakers. It's like an Amish person ranting about how alcohol is evil and should be banned while he bangs back a bottle of tequila and simultaneously signs a lease on a brewery. And let's not forget that Trump once said, I have all the best people, believe me. What he forgot to mention was, I have all the best people, believe me. It's just they're going to be in and out within a shot. And actually, they're not the best. They're, they're actually awful. But they make me look good. Maybe that's the whole thing. You know, just employ a load of idiots. And then the idiot that employed him at the top looks better. I mean, somehow, he always spins it that this was exactly what he had planned. So, yeah, the mooch was fired for his vulgar language by a man that grabs pussies and brags about it on tape. And he sacked someone for being crude. Bonus points, by the way. Mooch's wife filed for divorce because he took this job. So in the last 10 days, he's lost his wife, lost his job, and probably lost any credibility he once had. But it got me thinking about other people that have had a surprisingly short career. So, in honour of Anthony Scaramucci Pucci, I'm going to give you a few people that have had an incredibly short career. Mooch, if you're listening, this will make you feel better. John Paul I. John Paul I is remembered as the smiling Pope for his easygoing nature and personal warmth. Uh, he lasted... 33 days. Yep, he died in his bed of a heart attack in 1978. Uh, the Vatican doctor ruled that the cause of death was a heart attack, uh, but rumours do say that he was poisoned. So John Paul I, 33 days. Not quite as good as Scaramucci, uh, but we'll move on and see if we can beat it with someone else. William Henry Harrison. He was the ninth president of the USA. In 1841, Mr Harrison gave the longest inauguration speech ever it was a really cold day in March and he wasn't wearing a coat or a hat and he did the whole thing outside. In it, he pledged to discharge all the high duties of my exalted station according to the best of my ability. That's what he said. Uh, because he didn't wear a hat or a coat, he got a cold that day. He then developed pneumonia and the following month, because uh, that's the way life rolls, he died at 68. He had, however, made it to a fantastically glorious 32 days in office. So it's a bit of a sad story there. But then is it because I'm a new Canadian and he was a principal contributor in the War of 1812? Who burnt down your White House? We did. We did. Actually, it's not a bad idea for now. I mean, I don't want anyone to be in it, apart from one guy that's very flammable. Has to be. So that's him. Uh, that was uh, William Henry Harrison. What a way to go. Good night. Thank you very much for your work. Who else could make Anthony Scaramucci feel good? I'll tell you who could. Joseph Goebbels, that really nice guy. Adolf Hitler wrote in his will that the role of Chancellor should go to his propaganda minister, Joseph Goebbels, as the war drew to a close and Nazi defeat was, at this point, absolutely certain. Hitler committed suicide, as you know. Goebbels served... 
one day in the position before he and his wife murdered their children and then took their own lives. Bad news for neo-Nazis and other idiots everywhere. Joseph Goebbels, one day. But there's better. Um, it's not political, but if Scaramucci wants to feel better about his pitiful ten days, he needs to look at Leroy Rosignor. He's a football manager. Mr Rosignor's spectacularly short tenure may have been uh, one of the best inside the world of football and maybe even outside the world of football. He had previously been the manager of Torquay United in the United Kingdom for years and got tapped to take the post up again in 2007. But just 10 minutes after his inaugural press conference, a local consortium took over the team and he got the sack. 10 minutes. That's all he got. <laughs> so there we are, football manager or soccer manager, as I desperately try to remember to call football, even though last time I checked, football is played with feet. And that seems like a reasonable name for it. But let's not get into that. Donald Trump grinds his staff down. He exudes a sort of dignity kryptonite. And this has left the White House in a bit of a state. He also left the White House on Thursday afternoon to attend a rally uh, in West Virginia, uh, which he does to boost his ego when he feels down, because, you know, he, he does need a bit of extra confidence with that popularity that he's suffering. Uh, so he does quite tend to go to places that like him, which is sort of, you know, the middle bits whenever he feels down. He wouldn't go to New York City or anywhere else sane because he knows that he'd go down like a fart in an elevator. Now, some may interpret it as a miracle or a sign, but as soon as he left, do you know what happened at the White House? 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. A beautiful double rainbow formed over the White House when the president wasn't there. Images of the spectacular moment began doing the rounds on Twitter. Now, I'm not into any superstition whatsoever, so I don't think uh, that there's anything in it. But I do know that if he was in, he would have taken a picture of it, tweeted it and said something along the lines of how God had looked down upon him favourably from banning transgender people from the military. Even though, by the way, he hasn't banned transgender... Uh, transmender. Transmender. Ooh. Transwomender. Let's stick with transgender. Um, anyway, he hasn't actually banned transgender people from the military because you're not going to believe this, Trump, but you can't actually change policy with a tweet! You giant Cheeto with a face. Anyway, to make yourself feel better, to make me feel better, to make everyone feel better at the end of the weekend, I think we should finish this piece on Donald Trump as if he was Donald Duck. What would he sound like? Would it sound better? Would it sound worse? Would it sound any more racist? I don't know, but it's definitely worth a look in. Donald Trump... As Donald Duck. I've been trying all the time. Nobody would be tougher or nicer than Donald Trump. Our country is in serious trouble. Are you running? Are you not running? I am officially running. For President of the United States, I will be the greatest jobs president that I've ever created. I'm really rich. Oh, I tell you about Hillary Clinton. I said, be about what it is. She told you about what it is. You know why? She had no choice because I did.
This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening and welcome along. You are still listening to the Vinny White Show here on News Talk 1010, newstalk1010.com, also available at iHeartRadio. And if you want, you can download the podcast at vinnywhite.co.uk. That's V-I-N-N-E-Y white.co.uk. If you've never heard this show before, hello. I am Canadian, despite the sound of me, and uh, I'm fairly recently so. Coming to you live this week from London, England, where the place that I'm staying has mice. Yay! Nothing like being woken up with the scuttle under the floorboards. Ah, it gives me joy every day to see those little bastards hanging around the house, even though I've just tried to kill them in every single possible manner other than a laser gun at this point. I've got the poison, in the words of the prodigy, I've got the traps in the words of someone else that laid some traps. And uh, I've done everything I possibly can to get rid of them, including bung up all their holes with silver foil. Sorry, when I say that, I don't mean their anus. That would be mental and uh, definitely a very difficult way to go, I would imagine. I mean their holes that they live in. Uh, I, I, to sort of block them out, I've bung them up with silver foil. One, at through the silver foil in the middle of the night, came out went through three of the traps. You know, you know the old school ones, the sort of comedy cartoon traps where you put the piece of cheese on and it slams on their head. Incredibly humane. I'm sure the vegans listening will love it. Um, but yeah, I tried to do that and he went through three traps and then on the fourth one, he got caught, then dragged himself and the trap over to the other side of the room and prized the trap off by going underneath the couch so that he kept walking forward and then slowly, presumably, possibly with some breakage, pretty gross, but there you go, um, he, uh, he managed to free himself. Then he decided to eat back through another silver um, sort of load of tin that was stuffed into another hole and then escaped. So, I mean, at this point, I think he absolutely deserves to live and he's become a very much a personal hero of mine. They say that cockroaches will uh, be here long after we're gone. Well, let me tell you, this mouse will be with them and he will be king because he is absolutely rocking it. He is immortal and his name, very unoriginal nonetheless, is Mickey. Or it might be Mindy because I don't know if he has a willy. But if he has, he'll be using it to start a whole new race. So, you know, be scared. Be very scared. He's legend. I think that some of the stuff that he's done in the last couple of weeks it just defies the odds. One time, there was a trap in the middle of the room. Everything around the walls was stuffed with silver foil and there was traps everywhere. He managed to get the piece of cheese off the trap in the middle of the room as if he was Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible coming down from a wire from above. And I bet you any money he's got a black balaclava, a mouse one with a little pointy nose. And as I say, rock on, Mickey. I've, I've got your back. I mean, I want you to live on now. It's like when farmers give their animals names and then they think, oh, I can't eat it now. They'll have to become a pet. Mickey... I want you. I will pay for your leg surgery since I almost definitely broke at least one of your legs. Ah, oh, what a cheerful, happy story that was. Completely ad-libbed. Didn't know I was going to go there. Obviously, quite literally, keeping me up at night. All right, moving on to other news. Police in the Netherlands have arrested a man. Yes, they've arrested a man in the Netherlands. It's not that shocking in itself. What did they get him for? 
Two lampposts, or street lights if you like, strapped to the top of his car. Two street lights, proper long ones, <laughs> you know, like street lights tend to be, street poles, lampposts, whatever you call them. They're probably about 30 feet high. Two of them strapped to the roof of his car. Legend, Lelystad officers in the Netherlands this week were unsure where the lamppost came from, but they are assumed to have been stolen. Really? Great police there. And they were just one of the many violations that this guy did. He was a Dutch guy. Uh, the the lampposts are the most remarkable, but there are more. Dutch police found the car was not insured, uh, didn't have a safety certificate. The driver didn't have a license. Uh, and it was thought to be filled with gasoline that was not paid for as the fuel was stolen from a local gas station. And because that's clearly not enough, also the driver was under the influence of alcohol. So pretty much a full house there. The lampposts were quite literally the illegal cherry on the already quite illegal cake. Uh, the Dutch police said, cargo of... Oh, I should try and do an impersonation. The Dutch police said, yeah, for sure, cargo should not be transported this way. We're thinking this is kind of crazy. It's expected that justice will demand the highest possible penalty for driving under the influence of alcohol because the defendant did not cooperate with the investigation. When he gets charged, he's probably going to go behind bars, but at this point, we don't know for sure, is what I think he said, but almost definitely not like that. Apologies to absolutely everyone from the Netherlands and their descendants that's listening right now. Uh, they went on to say, also, he was very uncool and he did not enjoy the canals, the cheese, the clogs, the tulips and the veed of which I've been smoking. Also, the house music here is fantastic and he was playing some crazy music in his car. Actually, I didn't say any of that, but that's uh, as many stereotypes as I can possibly get in. Did I do the cheese? Yes, I did. Good. Didn't want to miss any. Moving on to other news, uh, more happened around this fine globe of ours, and uh, I suppose it's probably worth mentioning that some of it happened in Canada. Yeah, it's about time we mentioned Canada. Canadian Catholics this week were outraged by a giant robot spider climbing on a cathedral, which does sound quite outrageous, particularly if it wasn't art, but um, it was art, so I'm not sure if it's that bad. A robot spider sculpture, a giant metal robot, was installed by the French Street Theatre Company in Ottawa uh, on one of the cathedrals there as part of the ongoing 150 anniversary celebrations. It got installed last Thursday. I'm not sure, really, what's going on with this. Because we had the, the very expensive plastic dark. That was part of the Canada 150 celebrations. Plastic dark, Canada, okay. Uh, then we had, I don't know if you have been keeping up with Canadian news, I won't go into it, but there's a, a metal cow on stilts. Um, that actually isn't part of the 150 celebrations, but that's that's in, where's that? Uh, Markham, I think. Uh, and that went down rather weirdly as well. And of course, now we have the uh, giant robot spider. So I don't know why everything... Canada 150 relates to animals and or arachnids or insects, but there you go. Nothing says 150th birthday like a giant expensive duck or a robot spider. I guess that must be the uh, peculiar message that I'm missing. Next month, look out for a panda made out of toilet paper and a giraffe with a chocolate neck. Canada 150. Uh, it may be a sort of 
enchanting feat of engineering to many people, but for several Catholics in Ottawa, they say the giant robot spider recently been sat on the city's Notre Dame Cathedral Basilica in Ottawa represented a, quote, demonic presence that desecrated a holy space. Yeah, art has been known to go down one way with one group and one way with another. To put it mildly, it's often polarising. But this guy, the spider known as Kumo, Kumo the machine, but is it a machine? Anyway, whatever it is, robotic spider machine type thing, was installed by French street theatre company La Machine as part of Canada's 150 anniversary celebrations last Thursday and has spent the weekend weirding people out, really. But as the Canadian Catholic News reported, some individuals were far from impressed with the 65-foot-long spider, which rises 18 feet when at rest and 42 feet when in motion. Don't really understand that. Let's just think of it as a giant robotic spider on the roof of a cathedral. That's about as much imagery as I can put in my and your mind. Some worshippers have described Kumo as disturbing, disappointing and even shameful. Others apparently, as I say, refer to it as demonic and sacrilegious. But I think Ottawa needs it. I lived in Ottawa for six years and I have to say, despite it arguably being one of the best times in my life, It's not the craziest of cities. You know, they've got the Tulip Festival and probably some other stuff. I can't think of it now. I don't know, the International Paint Drying Championship. But it doesn't have a lot of wow unless you get in a car and go to Montreal. So bring it on, I say. Ottawa, you do you. Now, having said that, you need to know that you don't have to have fiddly-dee Irish pubs all the way through the city. You could build a few along the river. You need to warm up your winters. You need to stop talking about politics all the time and just generally take yourself less seriously. And then after all that, if you wouldn't mind getting a bullet train to run from Montreal through Ottawa into Toronto, I reckon this whole little corridor would be tickety-boo. Thanks a lot. Uh, you can dream. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Vincenzo. Jason, how are you, pal? Good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm live from London. Where are you? Uh, I'm in Ottawa. Just My capital's to, uh... better than your capital. <laughs> well, it's bigger for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's better. Let me ask you this: How's the weather over there? Is it raining and overcast? Mate, what the what the rule in England is: you don't even have to look out the window or turn the TV on. It's always the same answer. It's very much inclement, with some showers and then patches of sun. Even at night, it's like that. <laughs> it's about twenty-four degrees here. But you haven't been that good, because I checked Ottawa earlier. And admittedly, it was probably about 7 o'clock in the morning for you, and it was 12 degrees. So you have been a yeah, bit it's... robbed of summer so far, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It's been uh, been raining quite often over here. The weather, the good weather's out in BC, not over here. Yeah. So my like, problem uh... here, to do the comparison of capital cities, is... It is so bloody dodgy here. There are so many dodgy wow. people. I, I know I am quite often referred to as one of them. I'm talking proper dodgy. I saw a group of motorcyclists going through Oxford Street 
earlier pulling wheelies and stealing phones. Now, I'm not all right with that. They're like wearing masks. It's like the Wild West out here, mate. It's so weird because you can walk along a canal and it's all beautiful and tranquil and lovely and coffee shops and hipsters. And then you just go around the corner and there's a proper drug deal going on. My goodness, it's just full of villains and uh, and vandals. Vagabonds over there. <laughs> villains, villains and Vinnies. Yeah, the four Vs. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you briefly because I know you're uh, fantastically up on the madness that is modern day uh, Washington DC and whatever yeah. has become of the White House. I might miss something this week, so just run me through. What the hell is going on? Well, what has gone on since Monday is they have a new White House secretary who is now running the White House. He's got a, he's, it's just full of generals over there. He's a, he's a Marine general. He, he fired a little Scaramucci. He's gone. The Mooch is back on Long Island doing whatever the Mooch does with the Queen's uh, English, I guess. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's not the only thing he lost this week. Do you know his wife left him as well? Well, I heard she left him at nine months pregnant, and then the guy didn't show up for the birth of his child, showed up four days later, and then she put out a statement saying he's in love with Trump more than he is with his newborn. And, uh, yeah not looking good for that boy that is quite an achievement so the new guy is uh, general john f kelly mm. what do we know about him. him iraq war veteran basically ran the place for four years for the marines anyways and uh, no nonsense straight shooting kind of guy not going to put up with a lot of nonsense that's for sure he's going to stop the leaks and he's going to stop the tweets <laughs> and uh I, I think if you can do those two things you know um, that would be quite an accomplishment, quite an accomplishment. Now, as we know, uh, our good man Trump is on a 17-day vacation, a working vacation, apparently, uh, mm. at one of his uh, New Jersey golf courses. So I think, I think he had to say it was a working vacation because he knew that after yeah. his, I think it was 23 tweets about Obama taking too much time to play golf, it might look just a touch contradictory. Yeah, yeah. He's done more golfing than probably all the presidents combined, going all the way back to George Washington. You know, he's got his own rules, just imagine, in life as he does on the golf course. So, uh, you know, if he misses a shot, he just drops another ball and hits that ball. And if he doesn't like the lie, he kind of kicks it over. And, he, you know, if the putt goes close to the hole, he takes a gimme. So, you know, his scorecard is, uh, you know, not exactly kosher, if you know what I mean. Nobody plays golf like me. Nobody gets as many holes as me. Nobody. And I own the course. Nobody. Exactly. But exactly. the big news is, well, if we move all this smokescreen of madness to the side, the fact is that that man, for the first time, is now under a grand jury. Now, for us in Canada and the UK that have a different model of when it comes to mm. justice, what exactly does that mean? Well, the grand jury is kind of like a pre-trial where the prosecution without any defense, goes in front of a jury and probes questions in order to get subpoenas for answers on things like his tax returns and uh, any other information they can 
Well, it might end uh, up in tax to, returns. I mean, the actual official up, reason for starting this is the whole Russia thing. But the, but what you're yeah. saying is it could end up while they're sniffing about and they look at his tax returns. If they're not kosher, then they could say, well, actually, we want to see, I don't know, your accountant. And then let's find out that your accountant's dodgy. And all of a sudden, we've got a whole new separate criminal trial from the one that was apparently it was started about. So this is quite a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. That investigation can wander like a river. And that that's what happened to Clinton back in the 90s. You know, they were looking into a land transfer deal in, in Arkansas, and it ended up to, you know, looking into Mon- Monica Lewinsky, you know. And what was so, on her yeah, address. This, this thing can, exactly, exactly. So this thing can go in multiple directions, multiple directions. And who knows when it's going to end, you know. It's not very fair to ask you to make a prediction because, frankly, it's been so unbelievably fictitious to date and no one would believe even half the stuff that's happened if it was predicted. But I'm going to put you in that position anyway. Do you think that this is the beginning of his demise? You know, honestly, I think I think I do, actually. I think I do, you know. I mean, they've got the head FBI agent on this case, along with about 12 other, you know, um, guys in the FBI. And, uh, and yeah, I think he is going to go down. I think this is the beginning of the end. It's going to take a long and he's time. Already, yeah, because he's already fired up the FBI enough as it is. It's not as if they're in his corner. He has got enemies. And what's going to be interesting, I think, is probably over the next couple of months, where a lot of Republicans have clung to Trump to be part of the party. I mean, no one wants to be going down with a sinking ship. No, that's right. And, you know, you look at Trump, and he was never all that loyal to the Republican Party to begin with. No, he's he's on tape saying that if he was going to run, he'd run as a Democrat. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, he's shown nobody any loyalty. And I think what these Republicans are going to find out is, uh, you know, he's loyal to nobody. So why should we be loyal to him? And you're right. They don't want to be attached to a sinking ship. He got elected and the Republicans got elected on one man, which was Donald Trump, who's not a Republican. And, you know, the, the party will outlast him no matter what. Even if he gets a second term, which I, I doubt it. But eight years later, you know, he's gone no matter what, and you're still in a Republican Party, right? Let's imagine that he somehow managed to cruise through the midterms. Good luck with that. And then he did come round to re-election time. He'll be even older. He'll be by what that point, what, he'd be 75, wouldn't he, by that point, I think? Four years from now, he'll be 75, and he goes for another four, he'll be, you know, 79. So. Yeah, and it's let's be no honest, way. I'm it's, not it's, sure that his mental health is too savvy at this age. Imagine what he'll be like in a few years. Exactly. Exactly. And a few years and about a thousand tweets later. (laughs) Any one of those tweets could take him down, right? Any one of those tweets. So do you think General John F. Kelly is going to be struggling uh, uh, struggling to uh, get the children's phone from the children's little hands? Yeah, oh, I I think so. I I think now, you know, the communications is, is going to be tightened. That's for sure. It's going to be run like a military operation. And that's what they have to do with this guy. And, you know, he's, he's never followed any rules. But, you know, for a guy like uh, a general to have a bunch of rogue 
soldiers running around. I mean, it just doesn't happen, does it? Yeah, and it doesn't reflect and well on him. And he wouldn't have got where he's got if he let that kind of stuff happen. But a lot of people who appear to be reasonably savvy crumble under the power that is Trump's ever-pressing, irritating, stubborn mentality and narcissism. There is a chance that the General F. Kelly, let's face it, it's happened before, will be either fired or walk out when things don't go his way because he just can't cope with the child. That's true. Yep, that is true. Yeah. That is true. There's no doubt about it. But they need a man like that in there right now for the full North Korea situation. And if they can focus on that kind of stuff, I mean, he's certainly the right guy to have in there. Uh, trying to pass the bill, I mean, you know, he doesn't know too many guys up, you know, in the Capitol, um, certainly in the Senate or in Congress. Mm. Uh, but, you know, he's there for different reasons. You what know, is he, he there for? What, what is it? Well, I mean, I, I think he there's a sense of duty to, to the country, for sure. He knows how unstable the White House looks around the world. Mm. And I think he wants to keep the White House uh, strength still still there, more than anything else. Meanwhile, on the other side, the libtards slash snowflakes who's who's going to pop up here hillary's long and gone there's a what's going on there they can't you can't beat trump unless you've got someone to beat him with well but you know you just have to let trump cut his own throat don't you you know i mean when when a guy is stabbing himself you don't stop you know you know why, why would you try to rescue the guy he's <laughs> cutting his own throat and and wrists and everything else yeah uh you know just let him let him beat himself up worry about that in a couple of years it's like the monty python sketch where <laughs> there's no limbs left and he says no it's yeah. just a scratch it's nothing i can bash on even though he's just basically a stump of a man and, I, and that will be this man like he will never ever go down without a fight no he, he won't he, he definitely won't he's a fighter there's no doubt about that yeah it's just a mere flesh wound you know he'll carry on you know, if you can cut his hair, I think that's the key. He's like Samson. you got to get to his hair or his hairdresser, <laughs> one or the other. Yeah, it should be. Never mind the Achilles heel. It's the Trump's hairdo. That's yeah. what we should be looking at. It's the hairdo. You know, if you can only get to that hair, I think we can solve a lot of problems. A few weeks ago, Jason and I went motorbiking around Vietnam because basically we get to live a very good life. Also, he's a pilot and gets cheap flights, so I, I'm his loyal bosom buddy forever. Um, but yeah, Jason and I went around Vietnam <laughs> on motorbikes, and you have got the most obscenely stupid T-shirt I've ever seen. Your Trump shirt. Have you still got it? I, I do. I've only worn it once outside. Uh, and I never even did wear it in Vietnam, did I? Yeah, well, I think of all the countries that you can wear an American leader's shirt, I think, yeah, Vietnam's probably not the best idea. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew about what happened there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is quite well, funny, how about a George? How about a, how about a George Bush's number one terrorist shirt and you're crossing the American border? That's another one you don't want to wear. Oh, no, I don't know who would be so stupid and who would get a gun pulled on him. That was me in about 20... What was that, 20... When was when was uh, Bush in? Oh wait, was it? No, that was Obama. So it'd be yeah, no, God, I think that it was even way before back. that. 06, maybe. Yeah, it'd be oh six. Eleven years yeah, ago, I was ago. I was very Seven stupid. Ago, yeah. <laughs> Eleven years ago, yeah. I had a brain like a complete doormat. Now it's just slightly thicker. Oh God. Um. So yeah, the Trump shirt. You're not going to wear it. 
No, no, no. I, I think I retired that thing. I, you know what? I'll wear it when he finally gets convicted. That's when I'll wear it. So I'll leave you on this. He's you spend a lot of time in the U.S. because of your piloting. Are you? Uh, are you in the? Yeah. You're in Ottawa at the moment, but no doubt you'll be back down in. Uh, and you you go to a lot of the redneck bits of the USA. So let me ask you yeah. this: You've seen the whole NASCAR loving, bud drinking, baseball cap wearing in the middle of America that right. have been loyal to this man from the beginning. Is that yeah. now waning a little? Well, I, I will say this. Even Trump supporters don't want Trump to tweet as much as he tweets. Mm. And that's about the extent of it. Everything else they're happy with, but they really do feel that he gets off message when he starts tweeting, or he certainly gets himself in trouble when he starts tweeting. And, mm. I mean, let's be honest, he does. <laughs> so that's about it. You know, even hardcore supporters are still with the men, but they would you know, agree that he should stop tweeting as much as he does. What about the embarrassment of when there are White House leaks? Well, how are you going to stop leaks? You know, no government's ever been able to stop leaks or whistleblowers. Well, I think people, it's only human psychology. People tend to leak more when they're unhappy and they want their system to change. Like, I'm not going to go and... (laughs) tell on someone that I have enormous respect for and that I believe is pushing policy in the right direction. Like these leaks are because people aren't happy and the entire Republican Party is disbanded and discombobulated. So when he stands there and says everything is going swimmingly and what was it he said the other day? The yeah. atmosphere is terrific. That's evidently horse jism. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, the leaks are always contradicting his lies. Mm. Uh, you know, and that's why those leaks keep happening. You know, uh, I'm sure if he if he stopped lying as much as he did, you know, the leaks would be inconsequential, wouldn't they? Yeah. The thing is, is um, you know, the, the thing is, is he puts out a narrative that's just not true, and these leaks prove that. Yeah. And that's why they keep happening. That's why they keep happening. Um, he, he certainly gave it to the old Aussie president, though, didn't he? Well, I've, forgotten, I've forgotten what he said. What was it? Well, you know, it was all about this this um, this deal that had to do with taking in Afghan refugees that were coming over by boat to Australia, and the Australians, of course, intercepted them. And they've got a little island out in the middle of nowhere where they put everybody on and never let them get on to the continent. Oh, and, is it, no, it's a little part of Papua New Guinea, I think. Is that what it is? I okay, think well, so. There you go. Yeah, they used to be the Solomon Islands or something like that. They used to. Have, what it used to be is that it used to be a small island off Australia that was technically Australia, and then they thought, well, hang on right. a minute, that's still Australia. That means they're in. So now what they do is they don't let them land on Australian waters, well, on Australian land, and they ship them off to Papua New Guinea where yeah. they've leased a bit of land, a bit like um, Guantanamo Bay is in Cuba. It's a bit like right. the same deal, yeah. You know, and and so the so the Obama administration said, okay, we'll take these guys. There's about fifteen hundred of them, and you know the deal was made with the other administration. Of course, Trump gets in and he doesn't like the deal. He thinks it's the worst deal ever. You know. Oh, and it, didn't he and, say uh, dumb deal? It's dumb. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Which the point is, it might be dumb. It the fact is that it's whether it's dumb or not it doesn't really matter. But 
It doesn't matter that you don't like it. You can't change it. And yes, it what did happen before you were in office, but so did the colour of the White House, and you can't change that either. Unless we, you burn it down, turn it black, (laughs) and then repaint it, which happened in the War of eighteen twelve, by the way. I know we did that. Um, When I say we, I mean I I have now my British and Canadian hat on. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) A deal is a deal. He's uh, he's he's got to abide by it. Whether he likes it or not, yeah, you know that's it. That's it, Nate. Suck so it got... up, Buttercup. Uh... <laughs> and uh, where's your money on? I I put a bet on that Trump would be out by April the twenty second. Clearly, I'm not making any money on that one. Where's your money? No, uh, you know what? I give that old boy. I give that old boy about a year. Yeah, I give him about a year, and his goose is gonna be cooked for sure. Oh, for sure. This roller coaster ride is a long way from over then. That's it. That's it. It's late in the end of the tunnel. Yeah, a year. I don't think you can last beyond that. Jason, my friend that's a pilot and also a man that has a sound political nose sniffing out the goings on inside America. Thank you for joining me today. Enjoy the rest of your time in Ottawa. Uh, have you heard about that weird spider that they've put up the cathedral roof? Do you know about that? In uh, Ottawa? Yeah, part of the Canada 150 celebrations. There's still a lot going on in Ottawa. And they put on the Notre Dame Cathedral in Ottawa, not the one in Paris or Montreal, but the yeah. sort of the little one in Ottawa. They've put a very large mechanical spider on the roof. And it's an artwork to celebrate the Canadian 150. But some of the worshippers have called it satanic and demonic. Oh, goodness. I'll have to check it out. That's yeah. right up my alley. <laughs> okay, mate. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Jay. Well, shiver my timbers and bugger me with a fish fork whilst calling me Susan. I didn't realise that the time would escape us that quick. It looks like, surprisingly, already somehow it's come to the end of the Vinnie White show. Hopefully this show has been a welcome relief from the monstrosity of bad radio out there. Not on News Talk 1010. That's bloody amazing. Listen to John Moore in the morning, listen to Jim Richards and listen to Ryan Doyle. The whole caboodle. You know you need it in your life. Uh, But there are some other absolutely tragic radio stations out there that do, you know, awful things like product endorsements. Ugh. I would never do such a thing. MrPhotoCanvas.com MrPhotoCanvas.com Puts your photo on canvas. Never in my life would I be so bold as to go and promote my own company on this radio station, MrPhotoCanvas.com. What? Anyway, uh, thankfully, it's been an absolute blast from this end. Hopefully, it's been good from your end. Always a pleasure, never a chore. My name is Vinnie White. This is News Talk 1010. Continue to listen to more fantastic radio. I'll be back here, same time, same place, 9 o'clock next week on the Sunday. Vinnie White saying sayonara, baby cakes. Well, good night.